Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by adolescents. Boy, I sure don't miss that. Let's dim the lights and start the show. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you by The Golden Stream. Get a drink with a view at The Golden Stream. Welcome, everyone, to The Pestle. I am Wes. And I am Todd. And we're filmmakers located uh, across the America. I was about to say located in Austin, but that's only half. <laughs> the other half of the show takes place in uh, San Francisco-ish. And that's what we do, though. We're filmmakers. Todd's been a full-time producer for uh, a hot minute now. I've been a full-time writer-director for the last 10-plus years going on, I don't even know anymore, 2012. What does that make this? Going on my 12th year uh, which is outrageous in one month. Yeah. And so we use all of that to, to talk about films, analyze them, process them, um, and see what we can learn about the filmmaking process, uh, and all kinds of things. I'm in the middle right now. I spent most of my day in casting. So I'm casting a new short film I'm shooting in a few weeks. Um, we are recording on January 4th. It's an interesting thing, man. Casting, especially at this level, I personally am not a huge fan of casting agencies. Uh, there are benefits to that, but I think having been an actor for a long time, going through casting agencies and being frustrated with that whole process um, on that end, I like trying to discover talent and, and dig up people who are passionate um, and maybe don't have as many avenues with that. Not to say I don't work with agencies um, or talent managers or any of that. I mean, we do, uh, but it's really nice to feel like there's no filter between me and um, everyone I'm trying to see. But with that, it also means a lot of things. One, I have to be able to look at a reel or an audition through the filter of like, especially a reel. If I'm going through people's demo reels, at this level, it's not like everyone's doing CBS shows and, you know, Paramount films, A24 projects, you know, it's, it's a lot of bad writing, bad directing, bad editing, bad sound. And I have to be able to see through all of that to see if this person is a good actor. And it can be tricky because you want to say, oh, this person's not very good, but you might just be responding to one of those other elements, a bad script. Uh, it takes a lot of really good acting incredible acting to overcome bad writing, bad directing, bad editing, <laughs> let alone bad sound. Uh, the sound is probably the easiest to, to see through. It's frustrating as an audience member trying to enjoy a film, but it's easy to see through whenever you're like just watching someone's performance. Like we could show you clips of whoever, Ethan Hawke on stage and doing Shakespeare in a theater. And you're gonna be like, that's great acting. It's going to be terrible audio, <laughs> but you're going to recognize good acting. Whereas bad directing might mean taking a good performance and trashing it. That's really hard to overcome. And so it's interesting just trying to see and filter through all those elements to say, oh, that I think that person's a really good actor and I want to see them audition with my script or uh, do a, a monologue. Like That's one of my favorite things is having someone do a 60-second monologue, which some acting coaches don't like. They, they're under this impression that it's really useless. Just have them read the script. Well, sometimes the script is like one sentence, that's three words. And that's their part. I can't see if they're a good actor when they do three words. I need to give them an opportunity to have 30 to 60 seconds of stage time that they've chosen to, hey, perform and really show me a moment, really show me whatever, uh, a, an arc, you know? And so giving someone that opportunity is much easier whenever you have a, a 60 second monologue. And we've done a whole episode uh, that we released on auditions. Um, and you can find it at the pestlepodcast.com slash 
auditions. I don't know which episode number that is. And so that's one half of it. The other half is uh, making sure as the day wears on as a you know director and going through auditions that you don't get tired. It's really tempting to start checking out. And so you have to double down mentally every single new audition. Like, no, 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 I'm here. I'm in it. I'm listening. But the rewards, man, the rewards are great because once you... What happened? Oh, man. There was this, uh, this woman who came in and read for one of the... There's two leads. It's a guy and a girl. And I'm looking for those two people and starts with having a really good actor. Uh, it's not like we're going to do screen testing where we pair off people. I don't have that luxury, but whenever you go through a few auditions, like we started our day, I think we went through four or five auditions and they were all fine. It wasn't like there was any really bad performances, but no one just walked in and, and that's them. That's the character. I don't know what your real name is, but I know who you are. Uh, no one was doing that until this woman walked in, uh, walked in. It was a Skype uh, session um, or Zoom. And it was just alive. It was just alive. It was embedded in this character. You could feel like she had a, a point of view, a perspective. It wasn't projecting. There, a lot of auditions, especially if you're not really seasoned, you don't have a lot of training you kind of approach it like you're on stage at the theater. And so you project a little bit more film is intimate. You don't have to yell or announce your intentions to the back of the room. You don't do any of that in film. It's, it's very personal. It's almost to yourself sometimes, depending on the scene context, blah, blah, blah. And to see someone walk in and live this character, live this scene and have all this intention behind it and then take redirection. That's the other thing is, can they, if I give you a redirect, can you handle that? Can you now take on, did you just perform it a certain way and you rehearsed performing it this one way and then you can no longer take redirection or can I come in and say, okay, let's, let's speed it up and let's do X, Y, and Z and see how that goes. And if you can do those things, man, that's, that's exciting because now I know not only can you deliver what I want, which is what she did on the first go through, but if I need to make small adjustments, she can do that without blowing up the character right uh that's the other temptation is someone gives you a note and suddenly you're doing a whole new scene it's like wait whoa you were there i tried to shift you by half a degree and yeah she just nailed it and as soon as we jumped off the call um my producer and i just kind of looked at each other and we're like yeah everyone who comes after her now has to pry it out of her living breathing fingers <laughs> like it's just it's <laughs> hers to lose you know uh and that's exciting man that's really exciting wow that is a lot for you to say. Yeah. I I mean, I've never heard I've never really heard you mm. talk that that highly about cat anybody in, in any kind of casting that you've done. Um, so, that's saying a lot. That is. That's really true because going through auditions there was only one person I kind of made notes to myself and one person I put excellent. I put very good next to two people. One was a new guy. He's doesn't have a very long list of credits, not a lot of training, but I could see through like three or four short films that he cut together for his reel. He's got skill. And I was really impressed. I didn't expect it. And I was like, this guy's inexperienced, but very good. So I'll, I'll need to test him a little bit more in the audition to make sure it's not just, you know, uh, vaporware, but the excellent, the woman who's excellent, she's going to be playing the mom uh, of one of the victims. And she just had an incredible reel. I don't know any of these TV shows that she's done, but she was just maximizing everything. And it was just like, oh my God, I cannot wait to meet her and beg her to take this role. Um, but otherwise, wow. I mean, you're right. I don't know how many times I've ever, you know, had feel like I've been blown away 
Uh, and so that's, that is exciting, man. Thanks for pointing that out because you're right. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I mean, uh, normally I feel like you have had to settle, um, for the best you can get instead of the right one, you know, like, because, and I mean, settle is the wrong word, but, uh, you've, you've gotten what you've, what you've hoped, but getting something that's more than what you've hoped. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever heard you. Yeah. get that before i think that's, that's awesome. right it's it's exciting so hopefully now what's funny is after that i started watching all the rest of the auditions for the guy her her co-star and i was like i need to make them worthy of her oh because she can only be as good as her scene partner yeah and i feel like i'm gonna let her down if I don't give her someone mm. to really help push her in the scenes, you know, in, in a manner of speaking, like uh, she needs someone that she can really bounce off of. And so now I feel like I owe it to her to find someone as good as she is. Wow. And you've got two more days of this? Two more days. Yeah, this was a short day and it was a lengthy one. And so uh, Friday and Saturday we're recording on Thursday. And so, yeah, the next two days will be long, but hopefully uh, I'll find my dude. Yeah. I think you will, man. That's awesome. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you found one at least. That's great. On our way. On our way, buddy. <laughs> On our way. Nice. Yeah. Um, speaking of playing around in sandbox, what are we what are we doing today? Uh, today we are covering the Iron Claw, which at the moment is in theaters, but may or may not be when you listen to this. Uh, but if you haven't seen that film, please pause this episode and go watch it. There will be spoilers galore following. Oh my God. Yeah, we're not going to talk about a lot, and you'll find out rather quickly why that is. Um, but the things I definitely want to touch on are some of the story and writing, exposition, the bittersweet salve, um, and other such stuff and things and stuff. And a quick synopsis of the film, the true story of the Von Erich brothers who made history in the intense world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. It's directed uh, and written by Sean Durkin, cinematography by Matthias Erdely. It's featuring Zac Efron as Kevin Von Erich, Harris Dickinson as David Von Erich, Jeremy Allen White as Kerry Von Erich, Stanley Simons as Mike Von Erich, Holt McCallany uh, as Fritz Von Erich, Mara Tierney as Doris Von Erich, and Lily James as Pam. Nice. No clip today. I couldn't find a satisfactory. It was all like Rush doing uh, Tom Sawyer. <laughs> and so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> so yeah. we'll just dive right in i'm curious uh, of a couple things um you'll answer the obvious so i'm not going to ask the obvious uh but one did you watch wrestling growing up uh what's your relationship with wrestling is um as well as were you familiar with the von eric story yeah, yeah. and they're in of course um i was the... not familiar with the von eric story at all in the least didn't really watch wrestling growing up I just never really got into that world. It was never something. I mean, I watched it every now and then when I saw it was on back WWF, you know, mm -hmm. uh, back in those days. But I never I never spent an extended amount of time watching it. It just wasn't super entertaining for me. What about you? Yeah, same. Like I I probably watched a little bit more than you did in elementary, like the about the time I stopped watching uh, the Bushwhackers were like popular. <laughs> um, oh yeah uh obviously hulk and macho man randy savage undertaker is eternal apparently um well yeah so to speak uh and yeah so a little bit in elementary up until like fifth or sixth grade and then i fell out I, I think it's a result of living in the country and having very limited options 
like if you catch a station over the air, that's what you watch. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, a little bit, but same as you, like, I'm not the huge, I was never a big wrestling guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I did, you know, have a few of the, uh, what were they? The, uh, the, the figurines, you know, they had them for oh, football yeah. too. And yeah. what, what were they called? I forget they had a name, They but uh, I, anyway, I had a few of them and my favorite was Undertaker. You know, I, I loved Macho Man Randy Savage and, and, uh, um, yeah, a few others. Uh, Mr. Hogan, Perfect was my dude. I really loved Mr. Perfect. Um, he was a complete oh, a-hole nice. uh, and I loved him. I hated Ric Flair. <laughs> that was not my dude. <laughs> oh no, he was, yeah. But I don't know. It was just, it didn't, it never spoke to me like, you know, extensively. It, it was like fun every now and then, but oh. yeah, not, not too much. You know? So yeah. How did the, uh, how did the film land for you, man? Uh, what was the impact not knowing what you were walking into and then getting just absolutely clotheslined? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, when I watch, um, when I watch movies like this, I try to remind myself, like, this is a story that happened. And so we're trying to tell a story that actually really happened uh, apart from making a decision about something happening in the movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I'm writing a movie, if I'm writing a fiction, then I, it's it's the writer's decision to say what happens next. Right. And it, it's it is that way to a point, you know, when you when you're writing something that that's factual or that's based on a true story. But you know, if, if these things happened, we're going to show these things happening. So I try to watch these movies with knowing that I will say, uh, Zach Efron did great job. I really enjoyed him. Uh, I, I liked, um, the, the way I just, his transformation was incredible. I mean, he's always been, had a great physique, but he's never been massive, mm. you know, and he just put on so much mass for this this film, it was just unbelievable. I mean, I was watching all of these other, the other wrestlers that were being compared to him that he was wrestling. And I just kept thinking, my God, he's so much bigger than everyone. You know, I, I mean, honestly, he put Tom Hardy to shame in some ways from warrior, you yeah. know, the dude was just jacked in every single way. And I, you know, I, I watched that and I think, man, that is super dedication. And I really, loved his performance in in a lot of ways he was a very you know he had to be a certain type of character he had to be a character that was aggressive when he needed to be but really wasn't very aggressive like he he was a delicate individual most of the time all he did all he cared about was his family and his brothers that's it and he makes it very clear throughout the film by saying it to pam and whomever will listen really but you get him in the ring and, you know, he's trying to put on a show. He's trying to do his job. He's trying to, like, do what he loves to do as best he can. And, and that means being aggressive. And he's also got a lot of dedication. And then at the end, him sitting there and watching his kids kids play, I lost. I kind of lost it. I just, you know, after everything he went through with his brothers, I, I, I firmly believed it. And this is going to be the same situation that I have when I tell you my reco today of this is a role that I think probably only a seasoned actor could do. I don't think that anybody who hasn't done movies before could probably do a role like that very well. I mean, anybody can try it, but 
I don't think anybody could pull it off the way that someone like Zac Efron could do. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Like he's the best actor in the world. I, I loved him in the greatest showman. I thought he was great. Um, but he's nothing to write home about for me, but a lot of those actors who I feel that way about when they have a film like this, it gives them the opportunity to show their chops. And I don't think he's ever really gotten that at least nothing that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just really loved it. I thought he was, he, he, he rode the line really well, was aggressive when he needed to be was pulled back from Pam when he needed to be, um, uh, was very loving towards her. The scene of them, uh, um, making love the first time in the, in the truck, the way that he had to, to deliver that information to her that he had never before was so delicate, uh, you know, that he needed to, he needed to do it in a way that was, that was, you know, like not small, but quiet and, and, and trusting. It is the only words I can think of. And he was just, it was flawless and you couldn't even see them because it was a silhouette and it was beautifully shot. I thought it was great. And then he was aggressive with his brothers uh, I just thought he, I, I don't know. I love, I loved him in this film. I thought he was great. The dad I thought was a total a-hole in every sense of the word. I, who, what's the actor's name? I forget. Holt McElhaney. Um, yeah. Holt. Yeah. Yeah. Total a-hole. And we've talked about this kind of thing before about, you know, mm. do you have to be that way, you know, uh, to, to, to pull greatness out of people. And I heart, I wholeheartedly, I mean, I don't know. I, I disagree. You know, I love that I, I think scene. I would have said if I can jump in for 30 seconds here, there's this that scene that you were just talking about with them in the truck uh, is just so good, man, because for so many reasons, one, it goes back to what we were talking about at the start, uh, good writing being conducive to great acting. And it's a really long take. It's not like, oh, we're just going to cut this up like the pacing, the rhythm is all happening in camera. This isn't just splicing together 50 takes. It's one really good take with one with two incredible actors. Lily James is giving so much for Zac Efron to respond to. And likewise, he's giving her so much to respond to, to give her uh, the power to take control of the scene. And it's a really beautiful dynamic that they're doing. And I love that it's shot in that silhouette because what it does is it makes you lean forward. You have to lean forward to read the intentions and uh, the emotion between the characters. Uh, and now you're just that much more tuned in to what's happening in front of you. Um, and it feels that much more delicate because, you know, they're not yelling. They're, they're, they're almost whispering, right? It's very low uh, tone uh, because of the, the situation. And it's so wonderfully, all of it, it's just all so well executed. Oh my God. And I'll come back to Zac Efron. Uh, but I just wanted to point that out because I hadn't really thought about it until you started talking about it. I was like, yeah, there is so much going on in that scene. Yeah. And that's, just, I mean, that's just one. I I also loved the little brother. What was his name? It, Harris. Is it Harris Dickinson? No. Mike. Uh, Mike is the, who's little, the little brother. brother. Stanley Simons. Yeah. Mike. Okay. Stanley Simons. I, I loved his performance. He needed to, he needed to be exactly what he was, you know, a little brother who had other interests, but then at, at the end he had to go, go into wrestling, but he didn't want to. And then he had, you know, he had the accident and everything and just, so it, it, he was really wonderful. Anytime I saw him on the screen, I believed it. You know, I really yeah. did. Obviously, Jeremy Allen White, you know, is fantastic. Um, and 
when I say, when I say, you know, decisions, um, uh, are different when you're making a, a, uh, based on true story kind of movie, I mean, kind of like larger decisions. Hmm. Uh, and I, I'm saying that because I'm wanted to point out, point out Mara Tierney and Doris, the mom, I think that would be a hard character to write, um, as, as fiction, because how could anybody really write that character? How could anybody write a mom who doesn't cry at her son's funeral? I, I don't, I, I'm serious. I mean, you could, anybody could, you can write anything, but who, I mean, in a, in a situation where you're writing a story about all the brothers dying, writing the mom as, as, as someone who doesn't cry, you know, um, at the funeral, it would be a something that I would never even think to do, you know? So that was probably how she was. I imagine, I imagine all the interviews probably led to that, you know, to them finding that out or like knowing that. Or, or just, uh, using that as a symbol of who she really was, like whether or not she cried at the funeral is mm-hmm. almost like to the point of she's that kind of personality that you would imagine wouldn't cry at her mm-hmm. son's funeral. Yeah. Um, and so it's pointed yeah. one way or another, whether probably happened or whether you know it's just more of getting to the point of who she actually is as a uh, as a mother to these sons and wife to to fritz yeah and and you know i have a son and um and watching this um it, is it worth it hmm. really is it is it worth a freaking legacy is it worth success whatever you want to call that to to beat down, to beat them down into submission, to make them fight for your a- approval, like that—that that feels like something that that in the, in the moment they probably enjoyed because that was all they knew. Yeah. But imagine if they grew up in a completely loving home where they were loved no matter what they wanted to do, where it, whatever you know that would feel. Then then that situation would feel like prison, you know. And yes, okay, so so they're, you know, the most well-known family in wrestling. Who gives a shit? Who cares? Doesn't matter. His brothers are gone. It's not worth it. I don't care what, I don't care what you do. It's not worth it, you know? And is watching that is really hard for me because I could never imagine doing that to to my kids ever. And yeah, that's me and everybody's different, you know, but... I don't want to be, I don't want to be around people who would do that. I don't, I don't want that, you know, in my life at all. That's not something I subscribe to. Not at all. And one second, noise canceling died. Um, and, and what makes it so you much two worse, pairs of those? Yeah. On standby. I have a third waiting for me here in a second. <laughs> and what makes it so much worse is just how incredibly sweet those boys are. Yes. They're just so kind and loving to one another. And to see that begin to slowly get perverted as the film goes on um, is so, so painful to see what they're starting to willing to be, do to each other. You know, they're at the, the funeral for David, Oof. right? And the father's like, hey, shows must go on. We need someone to step up for the title. And Carrie immediately is like, I can do it. I want that. And it's like, you can... It's there. It's such good writing because it immediately tells you what this father is doing to his boys. Whenever you can be at the funeral of one son 
and have another looking to claw his way over on top of his big brother. Like that is not who these kids actually are. And it's all resting at the, at the feet of Fritz. And so you going through this whole movie and watching what he's doing and watching how incredibly sweet Kevin is. And I'm not going to lie. When we get to the end and he starts choking him, I wanted that to happen. I was like, you better go after him. You better put him on the ground, choke him out. And part of me wanted me to, for him to kill him. But then as he was going, I was like, no, don't do that. You got, you know, kids of your own. You have a wife. Don't do it. And he went further than I wanted him to, which felt really good as a, as an experience, but was because it was terrifying. I was like, Oh God, don't do it. Great point. Oh yeah. God. That was good editing, man. They kept him on him for a long time. I was, sh- I, for, I felt the same way and I didn't know how to put that into, into words, but you're right. Like I wanted him to kill him, go after him. We'll go after him first. And then he got him yeah. on the ground and I thought, okay, now, yeah, kill him, kill him. And then it went on for I think, a, I don't know, three or four beats longer than I thought it would have. I was like, he should be still now. He's not still. Okay, maybe you shouldn't do this, man. Yeah. I'm kind of having second thoughts. Please stop. Uh, you know, and then, he, and then he stopped. That was great editing, I thought. Yeah, good point. Completely agree. Uh, really patient and, yeah, just pushes the audience uh, so much further than you expect. Um, yeah. God, going back to, to Zac Efron, oh, my God. I... Absolutely. He's getting a nomination. Like he's getting nominated for best actor. Um, well-deserved, well-earned. And the, his, there's so much nuance in his performance. And it goes back to exactly what you're talking about. He's aggressive when he needs to be, and he's gentle when he needs to be. Um, and it's all contextual. Uh, and then seeing those worlds collide in moments, uh, those, those personality traits start to collide. There's that scene when he's, he's uh, uh, wrestling Harley Race. And he, he wins by default, right? He, because he hardly race oh, goes yeah. after the ref, uh, and he gets disqualified and then, uh, he starts wailing on, on Kevin. Um, and then, uh, David played by Harris Dickinson, he jumps into the ring and chases, you know, Harley off. And you, you see Kevin asks for the mic and he starts going and you're like, Oh, that's rough. And I had this assumption. I was like, I bet David's going to jump in. And he does. He takes the mic because out of, out of a, good thing i think he was wanting to help his brother um i never felt that it was malicious and he was trying to take the limelight and i could feel kevin's frustration at the same time feel them still trying to be a showman because he can't betray the moment he can't let the guard down even though i could feel he's actually really upset right now that his brother is probably taking the limelight um and then as soon as that scene ends you're like yep like there it is uh he's just like and you could also feel the contrition from david he was like i I, man, I'm sorry. I was trying to help, you know, but that was a big moment. That was Kevin's moment. He's, he's got the title now or a shot at the title and he didn't really get to extract the maximum amount of potential out of it. And so it made him look bad, even though that was, that was a tough moment because he was flailing, you know, and that is the emotions there, man. It's such a great scene, man. I'm man. I'm so glad you brought that scene up. Um, that is a perfect example of, of, great like how hard acting actually can be if you look if you come at it from a okay now i'm gonna be this and i'm gonna be that whatever like the way that they had to act quote acting in quotes the way they had to act was to not act they had to actually be in the moment put themselves in that moment because you can't feel you cannot in front of a camera when someone sees action feel two things at once you can't you can't force yourself to feel two things at once 
It's impossible. You can only be in the moment to feel two things at once. Mm. I hope that's making sense. Yeah. You know, I, you're an actor, you know, I if you're fake. Yeah. If you're, if you're fake and you're trying to make yourself feel something, you can't make it. just like, you can't feel your elbow and your knee at the same time. You think you can, but you can't, you can only feel one, do one thing at a time. It's the same thing with that. And in that scene, they had to be, have this dichotomy of emotion. You know, he, he had, um, uh, Kevin had to keep performing, like you said, but be a little like frustrated with his brother. And then David had to, had to, you know, say, kind of feel like I really don't want to do this, but I'm trying to save you, bro. It, it was, you're right. You're right. That's so, such a great example of, of why he should get a nomination. Absolutely. And I honestly think Harris Dickinson, I mean, he's fantastic. And this is not at all the kind of role I, I imagined him taking. Um, and I thought he was amazing. I can see him winning an Academy Award uh, for Best Actor in the next five to 10 years. Uh, if you watch a lot of his other projects, he picks great roles in great films. And it's only a matter of time before, you know, the Academy feels like he's earned the right through his peers uh, to, to have that moment. And I think he will have absolutely earned it. I think this is Zac Efron's time. There's, I don't know. I don't want to go too far down the, the Academy rabbit hole here, but I think he might okay. lose to Paul Giamatti not necessarily because I think Giamatti did better in the holdovers. Um, but I think it's one of those, it's his time. Giamatti's earned this. Um, and I, I don't know if he's earned, yeah. he's won an Academy before uh, for best actor, but I think it's going to be one of those moments where it's like, ah, you know what? He's, it's a great role. And it's his moment. It's his time. And uh, we're going to honor that. And so I don't know. I think right now for me, if I'm a voting member, it's a toss up between Zac Efron for this and Coleman Domingo, actually, for uh, Rustin, which came on Netflix. He's magic. He is absolutely magic. But yeah, I, I dude, the performances here and we haven't even talked about Jeremy Allen White, really. <laughs> like, uh, right? it, it's all yeah. great. Whole, how much do we hate? Holt McElhaney, like, uh, yeah, he, yeah, it's detestable. And yet, you know, he might get a supporting, I, I guess this film, man, but I could not, I really wanted to watch it twice. Well, I wanted to force myself to, I couldn't, I couldn't do it twice. Um, oh, yeah. I, I kept trying to talk myself into it. And every time I did, I was like, I just kept remembering him on the bank crying, saying that, yeah. I used to be a brother. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And then, and yeah, uh, I mean the whole, the whole thing is pretty heavy, but I've watched heavy movies multiple times. So I think yeah. that the fact that this is based on a true story, um, uh, you know, I think maybe if you watch it again, but it's, it's based more on, on watching for the performance and for the cinematography and stuff, like maybe you can get through it, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to <laughs> yeah. kind of want to stay away from that. To I be couldn't. Honest. And it's so beautiful so. because we get to the end of the film and I had no idea. I had no idea what I was walking into. In fact, to the point of, I missed the first death. Like I, I walked to the bathroom. I was like, Oh, it's the end of the wedding. Um, they had a really good conversation between oh. David and Kevin. Uh, and I was like, this feels like a really good moment to just uh, go to the bathroom real quick and come back. And, uh, cause I was thinking, oh, he's going to run to Japan and I'm probably going to miss like a little bit of fighting in, in the ring and a little jealousy from Kevin, that kind of thing. And when I came back, they were at a funeral and <laughs> I was like, wait, oh. what just happened? And so I, if you could fill me in, 
what happened between the funeral and the end of the wedding. Like, I literally have no idea yeah. what, what happened to David. So the end of the wedding, uh, they, they do this, you know, they do the dance at yeah, the end of I the wedding. The I don't know if you saw them dancing. They I do saw the them dance. dancing and it was they fade out on, yeah, well, they fade out on Harris Dickinson, on David. They fade out on him. And that fade out told me this guy's screwed. He's going to die. I just knew it because they do a, they, they cut to everybody and then they, he's last, they fade out on him. And then they open with, uh, next with Zach Efron driving down the road in his truck. And you can tell he's, you can just tell he's going to his house, to his dad's house. And, uh, he, he walks in, he's looking around like, like dad, what's up? His dad just sitting there in kind of like the dark in the kitchen. He's just sitting there at the table and, uh, uh, Kevin, Zach Efron walks in and he sits down and he <laughs> Fritz just says, David's dead. He died. He was, he died in the hotel in Japan. And Zach is like, what? And then they just sit there a little bit. And that's it. What? And then there's the funeral. You didn't miss much, but the way that he, the way that he told him was so matter of fact, it was like, it wasn't like he didn't care. I mean, it, it was, that's another reason why Holt might get, you know, a nomination. I think you're right because he had this dichotomy of emotions too. He was, you know, stern and very, you know, hard, but you could tell there was a, there was something behind it still. Like when he, when he told David or when he told Kevin that David had died, there was sadness behind a brick wall of, of just, you know, this happened kind of thing. Uh, but it was there. It was a little bit there. So it was freaky and awful. Oh, man. <laughs> that okay. Was yeah. That's what that you tracks. missed. <laughs> God. Yeah. That was fast. Yeah, there might have been <laughs> one, or, one or there might have been one or two other things, uh, yeah. but no, nothing that stuck with me. That was just that. God. Uh, and then Ben basically it was that. What, what did you think about the random references to the afterlife? You know, like with, with, I think it was his mom. It was uh, David's mom, the mom watching the watching. I think he, she was watching Carrie wrestle. And in the background on the stairs, Dave, there was a ghost of David sitting there watching. Oh. I don't, did you notice that? I can't remember it. And I, then I saw this opening weekend. So this was like, what, two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago. Oh, um, okay. And so I'm like, yeah, I may have noticed it, but obviously it didn't stick with me long enough. Uh, it sounds familiar, though. God, that's so. Yeah, she's watching. The, she she's watching Carrie wrestle. I think for the belt. I can't remember, but she's watching him wrestle. And on the in the background behind her is obviously a faded, like a it, you can tell that it's that it's uh, David because you know the the way his hair sits and stuff. You could tell that it's him, but it's faded. And I was like, is that is that David just sitting there? what that's so weird and but i can see through him oh it might be a ghost of him and then they cut she turns around to look at the stairs and we cut from from the stairs and nobody's sitting there from the stairs looking at her and nobody's sitting there so there was that reference but then also you know when carrie kills himself and he goes to the to meet his brothers there's that too and then he gets to meet his little brother who died his little you know two-year-old three-year-old brother whatever and that's the bittersweet salve um, that I wanted to talk about because our hearts shattered. <laughs> like 
up to that point, it's so, we're just in a thousand pieces. And it's so beautiful to be giving these this little beautiful moment to aid our broken hearts a little. Seeing Carrie, the first thing you do is you see he has his foot back. Oh, yeah. And he jumps, right? And he celebrates a little bit like, oh, yeah, that feels good. And then I love um, that he's on the boat. We have this quiet moment of him rowing before we slowly reveal uh, through the brush uh, the pier with his brother sitting on it. Hey, brother. Hey, brothers. And I love that choice of dialogue. I think it's the kind of dialogue that someone would look at in a script and say, that's terrible. Who No one talks to their brothers that way. And they would just miss it, that there's an emotional thing that's happening that is reinforcing this whole story that's leading up to, you know, uh, Kevin's lines on the bank. And it just works because of the context, because of the actors, and because we wanted to. We were rooting for it. <laughs> we do. You're right. You're right. And then he meets his little brother for the first time. Oh, and it's oh, so yeah. good. And then, of course, we have Kevin has a beautiful family with loving boys, right? We see the the final cat. So in such a tragic story, we have these beautiful moments that are helping offset all the pain. And it's so good. Yeah, that's that's why it works, because we need it. If you don't have those things, yeah. man, I leave mad. <laughs> I, I don't get mad at yeah, movies very often. Point. But how upset are you walking out of this like? Was there anything good that happened that came out of this? Was there anything beautiful? Um, and those moments, it's like, you know what? Afterlife or no, I need that moment. I need to believe that there's these these boys got to experience something sweet. Yeah, totally. To- couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. The, oh, man. The other thing, I guess, that I have uh, uh, on my top of mind anyway is the exposition. You, you referenced it earlier about uh, Fritz, like, kind of putting a pecking order. And this is a cool way to do exposition. I mean, it's cool and and not like a, a nice way, uh, but cool in like in a very <laughs> efficient and effective writing technique. Um, and I'm talking about the moment, of course, when we're at the breakfast table and dad goes around the table saying what everyone is doing yeah. that he's proud of in his ranking order of love. Right. And it's so good because one, it's exposition. We're learning about who does what, who's good at what. Um, and of course it leaves Mike as a really big question mark. I don't know what Mike's going to be yet. Um, we're going to figure that out, you know, and we can see Mike is just very queasy over there. Like, I don't want to be a part of any of that. Like I love something else. And it's revealing also the dad and his relationship to his sons, because he's the kind of dad that would do that. (laughs) Um, and so it's the slickest exposition you'll see, uh, by, by virtue of revealing character, through revealing what people are like it just reveals character on multiple levels i guess is the more efficient way of of saying what i'm trying to get at um and it's just beautiful writing beautiful writing gives everyone a chance to perform as well to to react to how their dad loves them yeah there's so much information being revealed through this exposition god freaking amazing yeah and i totally believe it i totally believe it from an asshole like that because he he would sit at the table and tell you what you do you know, tell his, you know, Kevin, Kevin is the greatest. Kevin is the best wrestler. That's what you do, Kevin, by the way. You know, David, you're the best, whatever. I don't know, whatever, whatever yeah. he said. But in, in doing that, in telling, he's all, he's telling the order of his favorite, but also what they do and why they're his favorite. And if you want to stay there, you keep doing that and you keep getting better at that. Oh, and by the way, 
thing it can change you know it can change yeah man brutal in so many ways but so well executed and in, in all the ways and yeah zach efron absolutely deserves a nod for sure 100 percent. um the other thing that my i guess last little comment is wrestling is hard like they make it look really easy but these have to be some of the most athletic people in the world uh, because you're performing your stunts live without any safety and you're also doing it to performance it's not like you get to just whatever fake a punch hit the ground get up and do it again for the next take it's like no 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 no. you have to do it in character and if things go wrong stay in character like that moment that one of the reasons i can't watch there's two scenes that i just can't go through again the second the, the second one of course is kevin on the bank saying how he's not a brother anymore but the first one is kevin getting a suplex on pavement yes yes i locked up my body seized i was like i i can't i move. literally out loud out loud i said oh no out loud in the theater i was like oh this is how this movie's going he's a quadriplegic now i don't know right. <laughs> you know and then he got up finished yeah i it the the amount of dexterity um and proprioception, reception right that you have in your body to understand what your body's moving through space and and doing and how it's going to impact your scene partners right because when you're wrestling it's not just you you can't injure your your scene guy uh twist his arm too far and rip out his socket you know uh that's not good and so they're they're doing so much and it's just so incredible i i wish i liked it more because the the amount of uh expertise and and athleticism that goes into being a wrestler is monumentally hard um and i have nothing but respect because they're doing gymnastics live without a safety net and and in character like it's it's mind-boggling for sure god yeah couldn't agree more man wow nice i think uh i think that's mostly i mean we could go through every scene i mean lily uh pam and kevin meeting is absolutely amazing and it reveals so much about kevin who he is as a uh, as, as a person because he's not just hitting on all these women right he's he's a really good guy he's never even had sex before and and you wouldn't assume that by looking at him but they reveal it in such a way that you believe that he really is just that sweet of a guy and pam kind of pulling it out of him how much do you love pam because of that god yes oh yeah oh yeah like she knows what she wants yeah. and she she goes after it and she allows him to be himself so that she can see okay okay the like the scene where she he tells her about his brother dying and she stands up walks this is their first date she stands up and walks around the table sits down and hugs him tell me okay there are only a few things that men need in this world there are, i can tell you on one hand the number of things and i'm talking to you wes i'm talking to every man listening to this you're all the same all you need and what one of the biggest things is a person doesn't matter man woman that would do that 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 is and that is not afraid to just hug you when you need it to know when you need it and to just do it right don't not ask you if you need it because you're going to say no you're gonna say i'm good i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine but she knows she's like no one's ever hugged this guy because of that and i'm gonna do it because i see him 
such a wonderful moment, man. God, it's such so a good. Wonderful and moment. it starts when she gets up and goes over there to hug him. It's kind of funny. Like I kind of laughed a little bit because it's yeah. like it's your first date. Uh, you're being dramatic. And then the fact that she didn't let go and they they let that moment linger until it became serious and it became very sweet. Y'all better end up together forever. I'm going to be really upset. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And until she wouldn't let go until he let go, you could Mm. see all of a sudden he let his guard down and he, you know, I mean, he hugged her back right away kind of, but then he really hugged her and he leaned into it and, and you could see him receive it finally. Like it was okay. (laughs) Oh man. So good. Good writing so good, meets good directing meets great acting. You can't lose. You can't lose. Can't lose. Uh-huh. Nice. Uh, final man. thoughts, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved it. Never want to see it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I really do hope that Zac Efron gets a nod. I, I didn't even think about Academy Awards, honestly. Um, but now that you brought that up, I, I completely agree. And, and I hope that he gets it, you know. I don't know. Maybe he gets, I don't know. Does he get a bad rap? I don't, I, I don't know. I think that he's done some really good films uh, in the last few years and knows how to pick them well. And is a smart actor and a really good one. Yeah. And hopefully this film will give him more to do, you know, um, in that vein, in this vein. So Com- completely agree. Like the first time I saw him do something more serious, I was like, this guy's got it. Uh, knows it's not a good movie. Um, but he was really good in it, uh, from what I remember. And it was me and Orson Welles. And this was ages ago. This is probably a good 15 years ago, give or take. And I was like, oh, okay, this guy's got something in the tank. I hope he gets more opportunities. And he has. Um, the the greatest beer run in the world is fantastic. It's a terrible title. What a bad, god-awful title. But it's a really good movie. And he's doing some really nice acting in it. Yeah. So there, he's, I think... To your point, I don't know if the he's got enough cred in the bank with Academy to get that nod. This, at a minimum, should get him that cred and and make him be taken more seriously um, because I think he's earned yeah. it before this. And now this is like his arrival. He's arrived and he he's earned it. And yeah, same man. I I hope he gets it too. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to recommend this week? Uh, so I gave it a little bit of nod earlier. You're going to be really surprised, uh, but I don't even care. Because that's what a recommendation is for, just to maybe sometimes to surprise you. I am going to recommend Wonka, and I'm going to tell oh. you why. Oh, yeah, I know. you're right. I know. I told you. I told you. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. I've always felt strange about Willy Wonka. There's always something that has rubbed me wrong about that character. Hmm. But not just that character, but about the way it's played. And everybody loves... Uh, uh, um, uh, what's his name? The original. Oh, uh, uh, Gene Wilder. Yeah. Gene Wilder. Thank you. Thank you. I love Gene Wilder. I think he's, yes. he was genius. I never got his Willy Wonka. Hmm. I never got it. Always. Every time I've seen it and I've seen it like probably 20 times. Every time I've seen it, I'm like, this guy's an asshole. He's just a jerk. He's an old, bitter jerk. Hmm. Right. And I never liked it. And I went into this, I, I saw it yesterday on my birthday uh, because it was the only thing that we could go see with the kids. You know, we, there was nothing else really that I could see with them. And I wanted to go to a movie on my birthday. Are they not into the iron claw? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and so we, we went in, you know, it opens with a song and I'm like, Oh Jesus, God, here we go. You know, musical. I hate everybody knows who listens to this podcast. I 
I hate musicals most of the time, but it won me over. Hmm. It really did. I, I loved the version that Timothy Chalamet plays. He's caring, he's loving, he's other centered and it's fun. It's, you know, geared towards children. It's, hmm. it's early Willy Wonka. It's pre Willy Wonka film, right? How he came into being. Uh, but I thought that the, the direction that um, Chalamet played was spot on. And I cried multiple times, especially at the end. Uh, and uh, it was just really heartwarming. It might have been partially it was my birthday and I was seeing it with my family and uh, and everything. And we were all in the theater watching it. And I rem- remembered the original because I still love the original. But it 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 made me it, it just it filled some void that I had felt uh, for all these years of, about the original or about any version of Willy Wonka um, that I'd seen before. So. Uh, I'm recommending it because, damn it, I loved it and it made me cry. And uh, I I thought it was fantastic and wonderfully done. Nice. Take it. Well done. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend an unofficial recommendation that will also make you cry. And I will not put this in the show notes for reasons I'll uh, let you know here in a second. And then an actual recommendation um, that I will put in the show notes. uh, Because my first recommendation is if you watch The Iron Claw... And like real life stories that are tragic, then you might enjoy. And I'm not going to call. That's why I'm not calling this a recommendation. I'm not saying anyone should ever watch this movie. You martyrs of all people. <laughs> I would rather watch martyrs back to back than watch this movie again. Oh my god! Dead serious. Uh, this movie is called Dear Zachary. It's a documentary. Um, uh, it's Dear Zachary, a letter to a son about his father, and. This movie is so brutal. I got halfway through it. Same as Martyrs. Martyrs, I got halfway through, stopped, and watched uh, Aladdin, the cartoon, um, (laughs) (laughs) before I could finish watching it. (laughs) And I got halfway through Dear Zachary, stopped, waited a month before I finished watching it. I waited a month. After watching half of it, started watching the second half, and then it got worse. It was already bad enough that I stopped watching it for 30 days. <laughs> for it oh to get worse God. after that is like just to set your expectations. You have to really appreciate real life tragedy um, and then kick yourself for watching it. Uh, again, Todd, you will not watch this movie. I will refuse to let you watch this movie. I will unfriend you if you watch this movie because you will hate me okay. for letting you watch it. <laughs> um, and so, so this is more of like a warning. Yeah, it's a warning, but if that's, if that's your bag and you want something, that's an experience that if someone else has watched it, there will come a look in both of your eyes that you're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, it's just such a brutal film. So dear Zachary, if that's your cup of tea, um, my actual recommendation is, uh, lifting straps called Versa Grips Pro. If you want to look like <laughs> Zach Efron, uh, yeah, <laughs> yoked with a great back. Uh, this is I love the Versa Grips Pro. <laughs> uh, they're expensive. Yeah, thank though. you for those, by the way. <laughs> You're welcome, great birthday man. gift. They're 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 amazing. Like I I like them for back work, and so part of my problem is sometimes my my grip fails, and I didn't think of it as my grip failing before my back. Um, but it wasn't until I put on the, the, the Versa grips where I was able to really see, Oh crap. I had like three or four more reps in me 
before I could really start getting closer to failure in failing. Um, and so I was just really, really floored with the difference, uh, those made. And look, if you're worried about your grip work, I realize I'm probably speaking to mostly guys here, um, and a really few women that like weightlifting. Um, but if you, if you really appreciate like grip work, go do your grip work elsewhere. Like go get it in through whatever farmer's walks and, uh, maybe deadlifting or something like that. But if, if you're trying to get like really good lat work and, um, work your back, like having these straps, man, it's a different level of engagement that you're going to experience. I think, um, or at least that's what it did for me and, um, from other people I've talked to. So yeah, Versicopus Pro, I'll put a link to those in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Way, way better than that terrible film. Yes. Thank you for those, man. I love them. They're, they're <laughs> wonderful. Awesome. Thanks, man. I'm glad you liked them because I was like, I, I think you'll like them, but yeah. just in case, I don't want you spending your money <laughs> that way. You're not <laughs> yeah, because they're not cheap. <laughs> they're not cheap. <laughs> they're like 80 bucks. Um, yeah, cool. Well, stay tuned for next week. Um, we're finally getting to one of our uh, listener requests. Uh, this one is requested from YouTuber Arnold tote fan um sorry buddy uh but yeah we're gonna cover that uh fallen denzel washington from like the mid to late 90s uh i haven't seen it since the mid to late 90s and so i'm really excited to check it out again um and, and see what's going on there yeah so stay tuned for fallen and if you're enjoying the show don't forget drop us a review subscribe leave us a note if there's something you want us to talk about um yeah maybe we'll do some more interviews uh and guess this coming year uh, it's a lot of work for us but it's also really fun to have people uh in and, and bring in their their perspectives and and information you know it's really cool and so i've been really enjoying having guests on uh if, if the schedule stays clear um after this month then why not man it's it's really fun yeah. Um, if you want to leave a note on this episode, you can do that at thepestpodcast.com slash the iron claw. And today's quote of the day is from Ric Flair. In order to be the man, you have to beat the man. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. I can't do that. Woo! I'm lower. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, yeah, man. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I like the, also that the exposition that we got from kevin because you have to bring non-wrestling fans along to understand why people like wrestling and i love that comment as he's explaining it to pam what a great exposition device when he says uh she's like but it's not it's not fake so how can you really win he's like ah you're looking at it wrong like getting to be the 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 title belt winner is a promotion it's like any job and it results from you doing really well as as a character, as a performer, um, as a good wrestler, as uh, an engagement device for the community. Like these are all things that go into whether or not you get promoted. And that's what feels good about it is because I'm doing really good at my job. Um, and it was just a really great light bulb to give to the audience members because that's a really important aspect of the film, as well as understanding and appreciating wrestling. Like just the writing in this movie is amazing he's gonna win uh probably a, a, an award for you know best original screenplay i'd imagine um screenplay. yeah so yeah yeah uh, that's all i got <laughs> nice nice no i love it i love it cool well thank you guys for listening i i really enjoyed talking about this movie again probably won't watch it again for at least a, a minute hot minute but I think we need films like this. You know, we, we need stories to be told like this so that you and I can sit here in a room and we can, we can talk about 
how great the acting is or how wow. great the writing is. And we can use that as inspiration to do something ourselves. You know, I, I, think, I think that's why stuff like this is super important, even if it's hard to watch. Uh, but make sure, please, please subscribe, review us um, wherever you can, sub- share us with your friends. And like Wes said, if there's a, there's a, a film you'd like to hear us do, please make the suggestion. Who knows? Maybe we'll cover it. Until next time, I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch some movies. Oh,